The following show contains spoilers for Survivor Winners at War. Hello again. Hello again. Hello again. Welcome to the finale episode <laughs> podcast. We finally made it. It's been a really long season, but we're here at the end well, uh, to break it down and talk about everything that happened and kind of look at our fantasy point system and reflect on how it went. And I'm really excited to kind of just go into everything here uh, before we start. Again, I'm happy to say that we were all able to make it uh, for this finale episode, and we also have Flying joining us today. What? Oh, oh! I thought I was just going to nap for, like, <laughs> another hour. Uh, hi there. So, Logan, you mean? Definitely no. lots of uh, perspective <laughs> we, can, we can get here as we go through, because there is quite <laughs> the episode. Um, and it was, it was great. It was very long. It was, you know, filling up the full three-hour TV slot. Uh, I think on CBS, the actual, like, episode length was only a little bit over two hours. So lots of <laughs> commercials in there. <laughs> I, ha- I had an hour of, of brands telling me that they're here for me in this desperate time. Yeah, yeah. every single brand needs to make a commercial with Zoom in it right now. Like a Zoom <laughs> no, call. No, guys, they even named Microsoft Teams. On the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dude, so the we Zoom CEOs and investors are just <laughs> raking in the bank right now. Why aren't we using Zoom? Uh, it's bad. <laughs> it's because it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We we start in Jeff's garage, and like already, I feel like we're off on the wrong foot. <laughs> <laughs> like the second Jeff starts talking with his like terrible garage. audio, and I'm just like, oh, like are they gonna fix that? And they never do. No. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of like funny to like have that whole set, you know, in there. And then he's just like, has his, you know, bikes like <laughs> laying against yeah. the wall in the background, <laughs> towels hanging around. <laughs> uh, and we do see like every contestant in the grid I was talking about earlier. Uh, that's and then we, we never them. see most <laughs> yeah. of them again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's their appearance. We're here. Uh, CBS check. has us hostage in our own homes. <laughs> that's the finale bonus they get. And it's funny too because that part wasn't even live. Somebody noticed that Rob and Amber had the same background, <laughs> so like every clip was just pre-recorded and put oh together. Oh my gosh! Unless I, their house like, is CBS just like sent the same. one camera to their house and they're like, "Hey, can you can you just can you just wave the camera or something?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting too because like Michelle at one point put on Instagram like you know them setting up a whole. Uh, well, that was for the, that was for the three frames of wide shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, technical uh, aspects of the episode, you know. Aside, we got something, and I feel like they definitely could have done better, but it could have been done worse. Uh, all in all, I'm gotta be wearing checky in with Jeff all the time. Like a, a normal modern finale episode, yeah. we were able to kind of just digest the entire experience, and I thought that was really nice. Uh, but we don't have the like the whole season recap. We got that out of the way last episode, so once Jeff's done talking to us, we just jump right right into the challenge here. 
but uh, we do no, have no no what? We, you're forgetting about the part where all the voiceovers come in and oh. tell us about the... that's that's <laughs> actually a... later but it would make more sense to put it right at the start <laughs> a true <laughs> but all the players do give their little stories of how this season Survivor has impacted changed them. my life bro oh that's right <laughs> So we go to the Edge of Extinction Challenge, uh, and, you know, what can we say about this? I mean, assorted advantages, uh, it it was very close, closer than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> it was, round, it was round a nail one, biter. <laughs> round one of the internet, or, or reason one of the internet like donking on natalie <laughs> it, it's it's been a rough day for us natalie stands uh what i was checking the reddit like while the episode was going mm-hmm. and there was like internal turmoil like between different people on the posts on there because people were like man i don't want natalie to do this but i also really like natalie <laughs> they were it was like everybody was having an internal struggle about whether they uh they wanted to cheer for natalie or not i think i can relate to that yeah <laughs> both in like you know, natalie's like a really fun character uh but just like kind of the aspect of the the season isn't great yeah man i didn't yeah, like that like, chris I... underwood win but natalie man <laughs> I mean, yeah, this, we're already getting into, like, <laughs> the whole issue, but, like, the the whole problem with Edge this time around is that it has such a stigma already, just the way that Edge functions. Yeah, I never um, felt like I was rooting against Natalie, I was rooting against the Edge of Extinction. Right, True. and yes. like, I... I, I get that um and the issue on top of that is that because the only other time we've had edge was chris yeah and you know that very clearly sets a precedent of what a finale returnee can do and from there forward if you are coming in from Edge in the finale, you have to do absolutely everything that you can possibly do and take every single possible risk or n- they nobody will vote for you. Which I think Natalie is like... did a really good job of, you know, navigating her way through, but just yeah. comparatively, it just seemed less than. Right, and because you think about, like, she comes in after not being there and dismantles this like seemingly invincible um alliance of four and then an even more seemingly more invincible alliance of three and it's just like in without chris's game that becomes way more impressive and you know maybe it still doesn't win her the game or anything but like there wouldn't be this huge negative 
backlash where everyone is like just completely digging into Natalie for every little thing that she did wrong. And it's just like, it's, there, there are plenty of things that deserve criticism. Like, she didn't play amazing by any means, but it just feels like every little thing is this like massive blunder that Natalie did. Yeah, the the Survivor fans online love to complain and love to hate things, or, or at least the vocal ones. And it's, you know, unfortunate. Natalie, you know, played great, obviously. There's, like, things she could have done differently, but she got to the final three, and she thought she had done everything she could. So I don't really think anything, like, you know, worse of Natalie or think she was a bad player in the season, you know, other than being the first boot, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, and then that's the other thing. Like, people really hone in on this. How could you think you would ever win? You were voted out first, you disgusting piece of trash, garbage player. And it's like, uh... <laughs> like, the first boot isn't... It is very rarely a result of, like, a misplay. Well, this or... well this this season was really peculiar because in that first episode, everyone was very cagey with the gameplay, and everyone's like, "Oh, should we do this? I don't know. What do you want to do?" Yeah, yeah. nobody right? knew so what they wanted to. That do. could have been an opportunity, you know, like if we're trying to think in retrospect, an opportunity for them to be like, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna vote out Adam," and then like it could have been done, but because everybody was so standoffish, that kind of just allowed them to be vulnerable yeah and that on top of the fact that the clearest alliance from outside of the game was the jeremy natalie mm -hmm. it like it it makes sense why the votes went that way but it's being treated as if natalie completely threw her game in the first episode by getting voted out first yeah. so overall i'm not really too worried about what other people think <laughs> because yeah but i have to take my platform <laughs> the one platform i have and be like here's why everyone's stupid and dumb you gotta protect your player <laughs> exactly i gotta have my 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 homies backs we're gonna have to start attaching a shot clock to fred <laughs> 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 i want to discuss the natalie thing a little later uh when we get to towards the end because that's yeah, where my real yeah, grievances of Natalie come. Not Natalie herself, but Natalie coming back from <laughs> So Edge. how about that Edge challenge, guys, you know? Uh, <laughs> those those advantages the... were beefy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I knew they were last week, but really seeing it play out, like, it, it, it did help. It is funny because the bridge was supposed to be, like, a third of the whole bridge, but I think it ended up being, like, three ropes. It, yeah, was, it, it, it was, like, four. It was, like, five, <laughs> I think. Yeah, but it seems still. like more but closer to a fifth. It was about a, a quarter. It was about but, a quarter uh, yeah, Nat Natalie really yeah. kept us guessing. Like she took forever on the pole and it screwed up she, on the bridge. But off, I was yeah. just watching it. I was so confused. Like as I was watching Wendell just run through the challenge, I'm like, "There, Wendell? Like, can't <laughs> Wendell in the shell, baby? Make any sense? Yeah. Like all we know about this guy from this season is he's you know mean." Like, why would it make any sense for him to come back at all? I do not understand. <laughs> but then Natalie makes the comeback. Okay. The endurance begins. Let's let the, the saga begin. We, we need Childish Gambino to come back. 
<laughs> it, it was so funny because coming into this challenge, every time we brought it up, um, somebody would always be like, okay, but she could just get caught on the pole like Aubrey. And I was like, eh, <laughs> eh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and she like, starts, she starts getting, you know, she's taking a little too long on the pole. It's like, eh, at least she's not like stuck. She's just like going a little slow. And then she starts like going, like undoing things and she's still on and, the like, pole. Wendell and like Wendell goes Jesus. through and Yule goes like, through and Rob goes through. This is the through. worst timeline. <laughs> this, goes <laughs> everything is wrong. <laughs> But, because yeah, already it was like the challenge halfway through, she still wins. <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. it, it reminded me of the first episode where, like, I feel so many of us were so confident that Soleil would win the first challenge and Decal would be going yeah. tribal, and we're like, oh, you know, we're just so set at this point. I'm like, okay, uh, Natalie's coming back. Natalie's coming back, and like, then what will she do? And it's like, wait, if Natalie doesn't come back, then every single thing I've been thinking of is like shattered. <laughs> <laughs> But it plays out. Plays and out. It's yeah. it's interesting seeing how Natalie's acting because a lot of the things that she's talking about, like, oh, like I have this idea of what I should do, or like I should do this, but it's like I feel like everything she talked about is what Chris already employed. She's like, Oh, right. I can and come that's... back from the edge and I can uh put the target on someone. It's like, Oh, it's, well, I, it's I, such I, a great I, idea. I'm like, well, I feel yes. like there's <laughs> There's only there's only really one strategy when you come back late in the game. Get rid of the guy who all of us as jury members, you mm-hmm. know, presumptive jury members, were talking about as being the guy in charge. Get rid of the guy in charge uh, by using the otherlings who are like, hey, that guy's in charge. Maybe we should get rid of the guy in charge. You don't really have, like, a lot of strategy diversity that can even come from that situation, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty big fundamental issue with the Edge, or at least the finale returning. Just because, uh, we talked about it last time, how even, it they're coming back with such few numbers makes it seem like the returning is like this huge um, game changer in like all of the strategy. But because it's so few people, you have so few decisions to make. You either, like, idle yourself to the next vote and get out somebody from the Alliance that, you know, you're very aware wants to get you out because you just came back, um, or you just go out that first vote, and there's not really anything you can do about it. And, you know, comparing it to Chris's game, it, like, it did set a precedent but thinking about like potential future edge seasons, what's ever gonna change? They they ha- they can't have a finale returning. It just breaks the game. Yeah. I think. Especially, I like, mean, especially if it gets predictable. I, I actually, We've had it happen twice now, and it's very similar occurrences that have happened both. No, times. no, no. Don't don't say it was predictable. Too. Hey, hey, Mango. Can we pull up a clip from our archives where uh, <laughs> the entire podcast agrees? Ah, yes. Chris is reading his letter. He is he is not coming back. This is well, him that's, closing that's his not, chapter. I'm not referring to the person who comes back. I'm talking about the gameplay plan. Like that. Yeah. What exactly? Uh, what Fred okay. was just saying. Fair if enough. we have a third edge returning, who comes back in the finale. Like, they don't really have a lot of options for what they can do. Like, they come back, and they put the target on someone, and they try and scoop up the minority. Like, if that's the game mm-hmm. plan for the returning every single time, then it, it you know, it just isn't going to be interesting. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I agree on that, yeah. Yeah, and then how, you know, Chris does literally everything that you can possibly do. It, it's the classic um, giving up your reward for the tribe, but you don't get it, right? It doesn't do, it doesn't give you anything. You don't gain anything from doing it, but you have to do it because otherwise it's not good enough. Yeah, right? like it, and then so, it makes you look bad, and then it's like, you you either look bad or you just do what everyone expects you to do. Yeah, because sure, maybe Nally goes to fire and beats Tony or beats Sarah or whoever, right? It doesn't make a difference. Like, maybe she would have gotten some more votes, but it do- it doesn't, like, it's not impressive anymore because it's what the, the finale edge attorney is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you think of, like, a future attorney, it's like, if they... You know, it's like Natalie and Chris, you know, very impressive in their performance. But it's like, if you have another returning, like, how are they going to get to the final three? And how are they going to possibly, like, be able to match up to these, you know, players who ended up executing a very sound strategy? Like, if you just Mm -hmm. end up in the final three, like, of course that, you know, the returner will always be a social threat. But, you know, if you just take them with you and don't let them make any big moves, then (laughs) it's like they don't have a lot they can really say yeah and i guess that's like the flip side of it right it it becomes less of what can the returnee do and more of how can everyone else get the returnee into the final three because they are never gonna win now and i think a big part of what helped chris win is you know not only did he play a very like strong finish but he got rid of all of the people who were jury threats right he came in he gets rid of victoria he gets rid of lauren he gets rid of rick and he's left with gavin and julie and those are two people who really you know like people didn't want to vote for that much which helped chris get a whole bunch of jury votes as well so like even if natalie did you know do more interesting stuff like she probably still ends up against a sarah if and Sarah can probably scoop up plenty of jury votes. Yeah, I think ultimately, like the the final six was too strong. To, so it's like you have, you if know, you come in, give you have to, like, an easy buy. Yeah, you, like you have to come in and then also sit next to two people who are just completely undeserving, which is <laughs> difficult. Because like we're talking about how you could change the edge to make it better, and I mean all you really have to do is look back at uh, the original season. And everybody would have been satisfied with a Rick Devins win. He, he came yeah. back halfway through, but nobody nobody would have been upset if Rick Rick won. Mm-hmm. Well, some people would be. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, but but yeah. it wouldn't be quite the same. Like, it wouldn't be so polarizing. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes down to just time, right? Like, having a returnee is fine. But when it's so late into the game, it's just uninteresting in all facets, essentially. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's interesting. It's just very disruptive. Y- y- right, yeah. And yeah. eventually, yeah, it'll just get to the point where it, it won't be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So shall we continue through the episode? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Sure. Where uh, were we? It's it's pretty tight margins between like tribal councils and camp time and immunity challenges in in the episode. 
uh, and that will kind of be <laughs> reflected as we we go through everything. Uh, so yeah, like yeah, after Nat comes back and talks to everyone, we basically just jump right into the immunity challenge, and this was really fun because it's like, oh, it's a ropes course, cool, and they're going through it and everything. But there's a water slide. Water slide, and then just like <laughs> you will build a three-story tower. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh yes, this is the Michelle challenge. <laughs> oh hi, Michelle. What are you doing here? Uh, but in the challenge, it it's a very fun challenge, right? Like this is a challenge mm -hmm. I would love to do. The stairs yeah, are I maybe love to watch... the stairs are maybe like a little grueling, but yeah. like the ropes course part would be very enjoyable. The giant water slide would be fun. Uh, figuring the puzzle out at the end. Something that like, it, it's very evident that they were told beforehand, like. When you're going down the slide, cross your arms for safety, kind of oh, yeah, like producers definitely. or whatever. But it was still funny seeing people just like spin out of control going down the <laughs> yeah. water slide because they were then just having just fun like... with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something I appreciated about this challenge too is last time they ran this in Korong, everyone was kind of chaotically trying to put the puzzle together. But this time around, apparently, everyone had the same idea of like, okay, let me put all the blocks in a line. <laughs> and then figure out the heights and that was very smart mm -hmm. but man michelle like still just remembered how to do the challenge i guess or it was like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. exact same as before because she was way behind everybody yeah like, she was lagging behind and then it marches up the stairs it's like oh yeah done the puzzle the michelle challenge <laughs> and then just puts it together uh, uh, yes and, and then jeff had to be like hey eyes on your own test together no cheating fastest. like everybody got up there while she was like before she finished the second leg uh -huh. and she had to go back to the third leg <laughs> by the time she got up there started the challenge she was still the first person done with the first tier yeah it was just no like, hesitation it was ridiculous and but in, it, it was fun to watch and in michelle fashion she finishes the puzzle and kicks it which makes me <laughs> very Hell happy yeah. that was a very satisfying moment for me <laughs> uh lots of it, challenge it, it wins just... from michelle lately yeah this challenge specifically also just makes me wonder like what knowledge does michelle possess that just lets her dominate this challenge because mm -hmm. it's not just that like she can do it fast you know faster she's, than everyone else she secretly she... has an augmented ally that allows her to see the heights <laughs> of all objects in front of her. Yeah, 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 yeah. i definitely think the experience in this challenge was a really big help but also i think a lot of the people she was up against probably weren't the biggest like puzzle people and, yeah, and i feel true. like it was i think um it was less puzzly like i feel if it was a, like a normal puzzle it'd be fine but this puzzle is less like uh figure out where the pieces go but more so like spatial reasoning mm -hmm. like yeah. how everything fits together yeah, and I, I think, yeah. like, the putting all the blocks in a line strategy would have really helped with that. And this is another puzzle yeah. where it's, like, it looks very simple watching it, so I would definitely love to try it out myself and just kind of, like, uh -huh. run it through. And mm -hmm. is each of the three tiers, are they all identical, like, level one, level two, level three are all the same? Or is each one different? That's what I wanted to know while watching, and I couldn't really tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard to tell, but I would assume they wouldn't just have the same <laughs> groups of pillars. Yeah, so seeing seeing this puzzle again, uh, I really like it. I think it's a really cool like setup. 
Yeah. And you can, like, very easily see their progress through it, where, like, a slide puzzle, if you don't know what you're looking for, it can kind of just seem like a jumbled mess until it comes together. And this it's like, okay, they have the tier done. Now they're on the second tier. And so on. Yeah, you just can't let Michelle do it. (laughs) Because, like, she actually just, like, decimated that. And then she decimated it again with her foot. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the, there is, like, good puzzles like this where you can see the progress, but I think a lot of them are more so on the tribal part of the game. Like, there's the there's the one puzzle where it's, like, the big blocks and you have to assemble the cube. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, that one you can yeah. very clearly see progress on it, but a lot of, like, the individual puzzles are just, like, kind of hard to tell how far somebody is into it. So we go back to camp, and this is probably the most frustrating part of the episode. Uh, Emotions certainly run high throughout, but we're at camp, and everyone's like, So Natalie does not have an advantage. (laughs) And Tony's like, But, like, she could, and maybe we should plan for the, you know, possibility that she might. And Ben and Sarah are like, no, yeah. what? What are you talking about? You're thinking too hard, dude. Like, she she doesn't have one. Tony's like, well, they might. It's like, no. Yeah, what if she does? Tony, stop rolling over me. She doesn't have an advantage. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And this is and this is just more of like, you know, now that now that everything's coming together, like Tony is just always right. Yeah. Even if the plan doesn't go his way, it, it just seems and, like he's always right. <laughs> and that could be the edit. Like, my initial thought about it was, what if Ben and Sarah, even if they don't know if she has the idol, what if they, like, agree with Tony, but also want to flush out the idol just to be safe, mm-hmm. you know? What if, what if flushing out the idol's part of their game as well? Yeah. So they just, like, keep telling him that, um, that she doesn't have an idol for sure, even though the possibility's still out there. I don't really think that's what Ben wanted, though, because I don't think Ben wanted to burn his idol, that tribal, even though Ben yeah, kind of has his I, own no, story he, later on. Yeah, he probably wanted to burn Tony's, though, is what I'm more so getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true, actually. All right, so now that we have it settled that Natalie does not have an idol, let's go to tribal. <laughs> um, yeah, what can go wrong? Yeah, I mean, Denise's you know. name wasn't mentioned at once, so my team's looking good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot Denise was on the, the episode. <laughs> she kind of just wasn't harsh. there at all, huh? <laughs> yeah, neither was Kim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kim had already been voted out, though. <laughs> that's true <laughs> Denise is just there yeah alright so this tribal council definitely is a, a good spot to kind of look at Survivor as a whole I guess because that was the theme of this tribal was kind of looking back and really examining like the, the gender bias throughout the show and that's a topic that we started to kind of look at last season uh, unfortunately, last season was probably the worst place to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, it 
it was nice to have the message come out here. And even if like some of the specific things Sarah was saying, I didn't like completely agree with. I mean, and, and when I say that, I mean the parts where Sheila's like self-deprecating about like, oh, being called this or like being thought about as this. Well, like, oh no, like, you know, the, the whole season, all of us have been talking about how great of a player Sarah is and like how great her social game is. Uh, and when mm-hmm. we think about like the most popular survivor players where it's like, Oh, Parvati and Sandra and like Kelly Wentworth and, and, you know, all those people who are, you know, female and play those cutthroat type games. Yeah. And it, I always feel a little bad because at the very, we all said Sarah was our first out, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but we, we I, said I, that because but, we thought that she was so much of a threat. Right, yeah, yeah cause, and... It was a compliment. <laughs> when all of the preseason stuff was, like, everyone's saying that they weren't gonna work with Sarah, mm-hmm. we're like, eh, it seems like that's the case, but... I mean, we said the same thing about Tony, and those two formed the strongest yeah. alliance yeah, that true. there's, very there's true. been yeah. in a long time, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I, I'm really glad that Sarah, ha- you know, had the platform and the opportunity to get this out uh and you know it is a very real thing and i'm glad jeff owned up to it uh i'm you know it's also very evident in like the editing of the show that the female players are you know created and crafted very differently from the male players and you can Uh look at like you know michelle's winning season or sarah's winning season where like sarah it you know seems like hardly an element of game changers at times compared to the season where she is so much of a character and looking back on this season i feel like it it kind of uh creates that missing link of like why we were seeing you know certain people get such like a a kind edit that's kind of like righting the wrongs of the past through sophie and michelle and sarah uh specifically coming to mind of people who they're winning seasons they weren't edited you know super great and now we're really seeing what they're capable of this time around poor yeah. danny boatwright still <laughs> doesn't have a good uh, head <laughs> that one's unfortunate but but yeah you know michelle especially just from the very start of the season was like oh she's playing and she's not just trying to play she's like playing insane mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, just just every little thing is just like, oh yeah, no, she. It was immediately clear that she's like a strong enough player to absolutely have deserved her win. Even... Did did I just hear that right, Fred? Who was <laughs> so look, butthurt? <laughs> look, I I Fred, Fred admits that Michelle deserved the win. Aubrey is wonderful. However, I. <laughs> Have been completely won over by Didn't Michelle. Fred, like, yeah, going Michelle, in an entire, like, 20 minute rant in one episode. <laughs> the yeah, Michelle think, arc is finally complete. I think complete. it's good to have the perspective of looking back and be like, okay, you know what? Michelle did play a good game and she deserved to win her season. And the edit didn't do her service. And, you know, would it be, have been cool to have an Aubrey win? Of course. But that doesn't mean that Michelle shouldn't have. Like, they're both very yeah. good players, and, and one that's... of them just had, you know, a better jury management in the end. 
Yeah, and that's my whole thing. Like, yeah, I was extremely upset with it when I first watched it because the entire season is Aubrey is great and then Michelle wins. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you know, it's not necessarily not to be like, it's not my fault, but it doesn't feel like I am thinking incorrectly or feeling incorrectly about the season just based on what the edit is Mm -hmm. well it's like uh, yeah it's like of course you're gonna like the person more who is you're able to empathize with and has been on your screen for most of the season versus the person who you know has a few lines every episode and then they kind of just like don't do anything notable versus aubrey who is like this tragic story and all of her allies are leaving her and she's scrapping her way through and she finally makes it to the final three and she just can't win yeah, and I think Michelle had a, a very similar experience this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as um, for, like, the gameplay. For sure. And I think that's a pretty good spot to also go back and mention that during the, or right after the um, the Edge return challenge, we had a really long segment where Jeff asked a bunch of the, you know, jury now just like to reflect on survivor as a whole but it wasn't the normal like oh i grew so much as a person and i'm bringing all these lessons into my life it was like it's it's, you know specifically amers especially it was like oh this is something that has not been talked about in like survivor canon for what like decades <laughs> and yeah hearing amber be like now in season 40 be like these feelings are still there where she still feels like she didn't deserve it which was like it it, it hit deep for me because i never felt like amber didn't deserve it and yeah we, we still have like tons of moments to get through but i think this season especially has been really good about like not just the social moments of the show, like that, you know, side of the game hit, but it's like the the impacts that the, you know, the experience in the show itself and like the reactions of all the people watching, how that like sits with people and impacts them over time. We had the tribal council yeah. uh, last episode, everyone was talking about how it's hard to, you know, come out of the game and still be able to trust people. And we mm-hmm. kind of get more of that. It's like, okay, they win the game. Like, cool, that's great. But they still have so much to deal with. Yeah, and, and you know, I bring it up because we were talking about kind of a, a very similar um, discussion with Sarah about that whole um, part of, uh, aspect of Survivor. And seeing these people really very candidly open up not just about like survivor being hard but how even when we don't really think that things would haunt somebody they still do and that was like interesting but also like kind of heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah you know? it, it was a very emotional episode for sure oh yeah and not like i i did kind of tear up at that point but there are other points in the episode that I was just sobbing. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is only the beginning, but yeah. it, it's 
just really cool to see it. Um, yeah, we, we see, didn't see we that... didn't even really touch on like the the speeches at the end of the extinction challenge where everybody's like, yeah, this is my journey, you know, survivor. I never thought I'd play again, but here I am. Mm-hmm. So like, there's been a lot of that throughout the episode, uh, but yeah, now that we have a new was... lease on life. Maybe it's time to vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> to get out of the way real, real quick, this child council, you know, Natalie plays her idol, which makes sense, and then sets off the chain reaction of everyone playing idols. Uh, so in my head, I'm like, oh, man, all these points are going everywhere. <laughs> uh, but it leaves, you know, a situation where the only two people who are not immune are Sarah and Denise. Uh, the votes come out, and neither of them receive votes. Also, just to say it out loud, uh, Natalie gets successful advantage points uh, because she got the most votes, but Ben also gets successful advantage because in the order of operations, if Ben did not play his idol, then he would have went home. Right. So that's kind of just to clarify that. Uh, so it comes down to those two. And Fred's like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. Like, if they can sway yeah. Denise, then they can make a, a rock drop force. <laughs> and, and then we, like, watch a few more seconds. And Jeb's like, okay, right, so Denise and out. Sarah will not vote. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, right. The, the way Survivor works. My bad. Uh, and everyone stacks the votes on Denise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly even... would have been, like... It would have been like a historical moment if it would have been split there because it was literally impossible with the way it was set up to draw rocks. So Jeff said in the episode, uh, we would go to a fire making challenge mm-hmm. if if the yeah. vote was still tied. Which and, and so to defend myself a little bit, the <laughs> essence of my point is still uh, applies to the situation minus the two votes um because if they tie then it's still like no longer in their control and they could get sarah out in that moment yeah if they just have denise try to you know rip it yeah and the the conclusion that you know you told me that you came to at least was you know if they just settle and they all vote for the same person that gives them an opportunity to appeal to you know sarah in this case and be like all right sarah like we still Mm want to work with you so if you are ready to open your eyes and vote tony out (laughs) then like by all means (laughs) come join us versus like sarah coming back and be like okay so they voted for me so i am just not ever going to trust them right yeah true especially just her being you know right after the vote thanking the two of them You, you see that you know hint of of consideration and appreciation for it even if it doesn't end up going anywhere Mm -hmm. and this what comes up next is we go back to camp and everyone's like oh man that was pretty intense tribal okay good night (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i expected everybody to be out searching Uh, for the idol yeah Tony's like uh all right, I'm just going to go find <laughs> yep, an idol. Yep, sleeps. S- sounds good, guys. 
I really like how Tony makes a little like lamp to bring with him, and then throughout the sequence, he's just like throwing embers everywhere across the forest. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of expecting the forest. Yeah. I'm burning this whole place to the ground until I find that idol. Uh, no, but... my spy nest. He, he was just trying to make a, a spy shroud, you know, <laughs> going all ninja style with with the smoke. That's screen. the one. Unfortunately for me and Tony, I guess doesn't really matter too much for Tony. Uh, no idol for him. Everyone eventually wakes up, but it's like, man, like, why wasn't Ben up, you know? And I guess it's kind of different than his game before, but you would really imagine just everyone would be out looking for the idol. Like, how could you sleep soundly knowing that there's just an idol sitting out there that could, you know, bridge the gap between you winning the game? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, But but the I, I, <laughs> I get it from the just because it's dark <laughs> like yeah you can just like bring fire, bring with fire you. And stuff. <laughs> yes you could just you know <laughs> um bring fire but like it's not that convenient um you, you think it would be easier just to take like like grab a stick and wrap some stuff around it and like carry a torch you know like a little hand torch not like your no, big no, no, no. tribal torch but just <laughs> make it make a like a makeshift torch lit on fire yeah but no <laughs> create a bonfire in the but no forest. tony brings like a bucket and then starts a fire in it and then he's like pulling the stuff out of it and then using the embers of that to like look around i'm like this guy's ridiculous. Yeah, I wouldn't know what like production way. was thinking in that moment. They're like, oh, please, Tony, don't burn down the forest. And Tony, yeah, no, no, like, I got it. I got it, guys. I got it. They probably had to sit there and babysit him all night. Like, Tony, stop. You're going to set things on fire. Okay. Tony tried to make a ladder and climb up it. They were just like right behind him, just like, Tony, don't do something stupid. Yeah, while Tony's running around, they have an intern just walking on fire. <laughs> Who's on Tony babysitting they, duty tonight? They're, yeah. they're walking around with fire extinguishers. <laughs> the other thing with not um, going out immediately is that think about how much energy Tony's putting into bringing the fire, creating the fire, running yeah. around trying to find it, and then everyone else gets sleep gets up in the morning where there's natural light and they have the energy and brain uh mental clarity yeah, i guess yeah to... i just tony never sleeps anyways <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair but yeah like i i get what you're saying like it, you know it makes sense why they didn't go out but you would think like in such a high stakes season that they they would right. and i guess that's kind of just the theme is like in this season, you think people would be playing so much harder when in reality they're playing, you know, pretty safely. Natalie finds the idol, though. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, boy. Wakes up first thing, uh, walks we... to one tree. Oh, hey, look, an <laughs> yeah. idol. Yeah, this tree looks kind of hollow. Nice tree. Probably looking yeah. by the camera and like, hey, do you know where the idol is? I don't meanwhile, know, but it's definitely not by that tree over there. Okay. <laughs> meanwhile, Tony's been out there for nine hours straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> production's like, okay, Tony, just check that tree, and then when you when you leave, we're going to put it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have more suspense. Oh, uh, actually, uh, production has instilled a new rule. We don't hide it until sunrise. Yeah. Really. Ooh, that's the one. 
See, it's still the night of when Tony is searching for. That's his mistake. Mm-hmm. Challenge time. Challenge time. <laughs> this is. Fast. There's a little. Yeah, I'm very, very like quick pace. But I guess if we want to take another little break here, the the pacing throughout the episode, I felt really worked out. Like I never felt like we were going too fast or too slow. Like I feel like we were always getting you know the stuff that they needed to show us but also you know in a fair amount so you know it, it was our episodes nice <laughs> yeah because because it was fast enough to where it always felt like what was happening was important or impactful in some capacity whether it be like um character development or emotional moments or whatever um there's always something happening and it never felt like there was time that was wasted. And I think that's why it felt so natural without being rushed at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the first edge of extinction challenge or uh, at season rather, uh, um, it felt like the finale was super rushed. Whereas with this, this episode, you had a whole three hour time slot. I feel like, they had enough time to deliver what they wanted to deliver. Definitely. Yeah. At this challenge, uh, they like played around in the water or something. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> and then we just had to watch them kind of aimlessly throw sandbags on little tiny yeah. platforms. And as simple as it sounds, uh, and as you know, little skill seems to go into it. This one was another nail biter. <laughs> It's like, oh, hey, it's on. Oh. It's on, and it's on, and it's... Oh, actually, yeah. that's off. Mm, no, sorry. Uh, they had like, the music ben has it. Ben, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the music was like, oh, here it is. And it's like, no, it's da, just the fake-out song. Da, da, and it was. And then the next one, it's like, okay, so if they did the fake-out there, then this must be the true one. But it wasn't. And they just <laughs> and kept going back and forth. This was also another scary one uh, for me, because I think if Tony doesn't win this challenge, I feel like he probably goes home yeah yes mm-hmm. so an interesting thing um is that this was the point where ben was actually considering getting rid of tony mm-hmm. this was like the one point um he said in some interview right and that's like so disappointing on one hand because there's been all these times throughout the entire season where it's like Tony's the biggest threat. Tony's the biggest threat. You know, Kim throws out Tony's name. Kim goes home. And that just keeps happening. So to know that we were like in immunity from the from a blind side is like a little disappointing. And I think that's a lesson to take too, you know, for future Survivor players is you you have to be careful about wait. letting the yeah. big threats stay too long in the game because anybody yeah. can go on an immunity run, whether you're Tony or Michelle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tony definitely winning this sets him up very well for the rest of the you know the finale. Now that he has safety here, he at least has a little bit of control in his hands whether he makes it to the final three or not. Back at camp, we. <laughs> we see more of the spy nest. I 
honestly, like my my true feeling is that I am surprised that this has been coming back so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did not expect to see the nest over and over and over again, but almost every time I feel like it is paid off, you know, better than before. I feel like yeah. this time it didn't really matter because it was Sarah who got that information anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she would have just you still told got Tony. a question. Why are they really working together? Or was Sarah just playing it cool when Tony comes down? Oh, I saw you talking at the will. <laughs> wow, well, an idol. Yeah, no. No, I, well, yeah, I know full well that Sarah probably knew he was going to do that. Well, he yeah, told they, her, like, they, hey, oh, take yeah. Natalie to oh, the yeah. well. Yep. yep. Oh, did, did I'll be so, on my spine. I, I was dealing with computer and internet issues. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Tony was like, all right, get Natalie, bring her to the well. I'll climb the tree and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so it still presents an interesting situation where she's having this conversation, right? And to us and to Tony, it's completely fake. And uh, it is ends up being, you know, not real. But... In Sarah's position, you could very realistically have that conversation in front of Tony as though it is fake, and then turn it into a real thing. Um, because you would because never of the expect fact that, it. <laughs> yeah, because why would you ever talk about your actual strategy in front of knowing full well that your alliance member is there, right? And that's like the mix-up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately that didn't happen, but <laughs> I think situations like that are very interesting because it goes against the core of like strategy in general, but because it goes against that is why it can end up working. Yeah. It is certainly an interesting setup <laughs> and maybe it's something we can get payoff for in the future, but I'm not sure if anyone other than Tony has the gall to do this sort of spying. Well, right. It, it, I don't mean just, just <laughs> specifically for a spying thing, but there are just other situations where you can, you can yeah, make... you can pretend you're making a, a fake plan while realistically actually going along with it. Yeah, right. And we have a really you know, just tacky on to, like, the early, you know, like, emotional parts of this finale. Uh, we have Ben and Sarah having this conversation where Ben is really just like, you know what, Sarah? Like, I know that I just do not look good in the eyes of the jury. I get it. So if you want to vote me out now, then, like, you can, and it'll make you look like you've done something. I freaking lost it here. <laughs> that it, this one was really. I tough. I was yeah. I was in a Discord call. I had to mute and sob Aww. for like ten minutes. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. all this we did on Ben, and now I know. Of all people, I did not expect to get yeah Ben. This emotional has been very... shame on this you all. Shame on twice, you all. Because I also got very emotional during the family visit with Ben. <laughs> ben and is so... a very emotionally dynamic character across this season, and mm-hmm. at sometimes it can be you know very frustrating the way he's playing the game. But the character Ben ha- has been he's a good boy. He's very a good boy. Fun to follow. He's a yeah. good boy. He's definitely. 
grown on me as a character, even if I still don't. Yeah, it's like you can like him. You can, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, not like him, you know, as you would like a friend, or you may not be a fan of his gameplay, but it's yeah. like he is, you know, a defined, <laughs> defined person, and you can really see like that he has a heart beating in there. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I feel like if he were to have played this game harder at the end he would have like thrown away his values that mm-hmm. he definitely shows here and he just absolutely didn't want to do that and i heavily respect that yeah there's there's yeah. like in the philosophy of it's like okay this is the game and if you're not playing the game to win what's the point yeah. but at the same time this season has really pushed the viewers to consider like okay like it there is still life beyond the game yeah. and that's what ben's looking at and he's realizing that the value for him isn't coming from the money it's not coming from the title it's coming from you know actually making these real friends and he would just feel awful if he compromised that yeah. And this is where CBS announces their new spin-off series, Real Housewives of Survivor Winners. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. <laughs> yeah, and, and just like in the moment when he brings up that she can vote him out, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Um, it kind of makes sense, but I'm surprised that he's bringing it up. And then Sarah starts crying. I was like, "That makes sense. She would get very emotional." <laughs> and then we see Ben start crying. I was like, "Oh, that's it. That was it." And then I, I start broke. crying. Yeah, I was like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> and, and, then we, and then we go back to Jeff's garage and he starts crying. True. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and an interesting, like, little parallel is that this sort of sacrifice for the sake of friendship is very closely related to... I can't remember his name, but um, I think it was Savage's season where they were on they're doing the like final three immunity or whatever Mm -hmm. and it goes on for hours and hours and at the end of it the other guy i I don't know you're talking about palau (laughs) with tom and ian tom and ian yeah that's right um where even after all this work and this challenge ian's like you know what this isn't worth it right I would yeah. much rather have the friendship of these people. And since that season, you know, we, we've sort of moved away from that and really hard into like the whole strate- uh, the, the strategy of the game, which is fine. But to have this aspect of it come back, especially in a winter season, is really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely an interesting kind of like circle uh, that I've experienced at least, and I, I feel like maybe a few of you have as well. Is starting to watch the show, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not watching it for like the drama or whatever. I want to see the strategy of the show, and that's like the really interesting aspect of it. But the more seasons the you see, you in. <laughs> and the more you go through, the more you realize how important the character moments are. And, like, mm-hmm. it really is, you know, humans out here playing, uh, you know, a very socially reliant, you know, game. And it's not just 
chess where they're like, all right, we will make this move now. This is the most correct, optimized move. Yeah. And it, it's very nice to see that circle be represented in the show as well. So Tribal Council? Yeah. Yeah. Going into this one was really tough because I had absolutely no idea what Sarah was going to do. Yeah. I had no idea what Natalie was going to do. I had no do. idea what Natalie was going to do either. Natalie's probably going to play her idol. Yeah, but oh, she can play it on Natalie, herself on, or she can well, play on. it on Michelle. So, speaking of Natalie's idol, another thing that I've been seeing Natalie get getting grilled for is Sarah noticing her idol in her Oh like, my god, that buff, was obviously which, what oh, Natalie true. was trying to do. I know! And to me, I was like... <laughs> She was 100% trying to, like, tell Sarah. Whether she noticed or not, she was going to tell Sarah. Yeah, I think and... the intention is very much for, like, to have Sarah notice. If she didn't want Sarah to see, she would have put it, like, literally anywhere else, not loosely in a buff. A yeah, literal we... trick up her sleeve. Yeah, and we literally saw her pull her first idol out of her shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Why would she just suddenly not do that? So I, it's it's just what, another one of those things where I'm like, oh, cool. Just people really want to hate Natalie, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, so with the idol, it it's, it's literally just rock, paper, scissors, right? Because you do one and you're like, oh, I see. They did scissors. Therefore, I should do rock next. But if that person knows that I'm going to do rock, then they would do paper. So therefore, I should do scissors. But if they know that I'm going to do scissors, then they should do rock. Therefore, I should do paper. Classic. Right? <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> Natalie, they know that Natalie has an idol. Therefore, they put it on Michelle. But because Natalie and Michelle know that that is a possibility, they play it on Michelle. Therefore, they put it on Natalie. Right? And it's... It's literally a 50-50 at the end of the day, mm -hmm. but uh, another one of those things where they're like, she played it for herself, that was wrong, Did garbage player, and I'm like, eh, Yeah, and in the end here, man. you know, in the end here, Sarah did make the decision to vote right, Ben and out. It, and it didn't even matter at the end <laughs> of the day, but... It added to her resume. Right. And definitely, you know, going along with the emotional moment having ben leave oh man <laughs> bye bye buddy <laughs> and into the challenge <laughs> uh, who hey who look would have thought balls. that it would be cowboy ben that makes me just <laughs> so emotional this season yeah this challenge has definitely started to earn a bit of a reputation now <laughs> This challenge, I love it. I think it's. I, I think it's a really. Challenge I think it's so a really much. good challenge. It's measurable, and you feel the intensity of it. Uh, yeah. I saw a few people talking about how it would be really, you know, poetic to have this season have one of the endurance the challenges touch. where they just like sit and they put their hand on something, and it's like how much they want it. Uh, you know, Survivor has moved away from that, and it it makes sense. But I think this is probably one of like the great challenges that we have yeah and i'm afraid of them overusing it yeah uh, that's true but when it does well, we haven't had up, it since 37 right uh i think it was also in 38 was it it was in dvg 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I don't know uh, if David it was versus Goliath was the latest. That was the latest one. one. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. I oh, forgot flying was here. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I'm just like fact checking stuff. Yeah. Okay. So not, not waiting for my bit. Not 38, <laughs> but in 37 and many seasons past, I just hope yeah. they don't overuse it because whenever they pull it out, it's like, oh man, like here it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jeff even brings up like one of the things that's so iconic of it is every person who has won the challenge goes on to win the season and it's like i'm not very, this time i'm very aware of it and you know apparently all the players are aware of it uh <laughs> it's it's just intense and that's the great part yeah. of it it was really interesting watching and it's like you have yeah when when the cameras like panned out and you can see both spirals on one thing and you have like Mm-hmm. one ball that's just like a little bit above the other one and you're like oh those are gonna fall out so yeah, soon man, after like, each other and you're like how are they gonna catch that and play then... into the challenge yeah pretty natalie early on had, like... tony tony and sarah draw and it yeah. really comes down to like michelle and natalie mm-hmm. battling it out late into the challenge you see natalie she's got like she she screwed up placing and she had like <laughs> this gauntlet of three balls back to yeah. back to back yeah. that she kept having to juggle so yeah, many times it's like oh that's it that's it and then she like and pulls then, it off no uh, no no she, yeah. then like the third time she pulls it off it pans over to michelle's and i see two balls in like the exact same spot i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh no this is it then it goes back over to natalie for another clutch i'm like oh no <laughs> yeah dude there were so many close calls with natalie i was i i couldn't i actually couldn't handle it yeah <laughs> like just how many times she nearly dropped it i was like jesus christ yeah. stop trying to give me a heart attack that's like one of the most exciting challenges especially with consistently this stage they have is yeah. so like spectacular with uh-huh. the huge cliff and the oh, ocean in the so background good. yeah i i i love that challenge <laughs> <laughs> it's very very good natalie takes home the necklace more points baby fred, yeah yeah we haven't talked about points too much but fred go. is really Fred's just like making a rolling run. in the points yeah and it's kind of it, watching it it kind of gotten to the point where i was like okay uh i like, no screw fred he doesn't matter I... he didn't make it to the 80 club he's not in the 80 club he doesn't matter <laughs> i was like okay i probably like realistically between me and tb right because we haven't talked about yeah. that yet but that, that was definitely like a conflict coming into the episode like all right uh me and tb are very close to each other yeah. There has to hit a very you know specific set of circumstances or so forth. But it got to the point where it's like, okay, if Tony wins, then I win. And if Tony doesn't, then, like, TV will. Yeah, I, I feel like because of, like, what was going on with Natalie, I feel there is a, like, a timeline where Fred could have even beat Toon. Like, oh, you want to hear about a timeline where it beat Toon? Let's, well, let's talk about points <laughs> you wanna later. Hear? Let's let's talk about yeah. this later, and we'll focus on the episode. But I, I just want to say, like, it had gone to the point where, like, I wasn't even thinking about like the the point differential between me and TB. It was just like, oh, oh all right, uh, Tony will win or Tony will lose, and that will decide yeah. it. Like, I don't need to worry yeah, about honestly. TB like getting it, yep. you know, challenge wins or whatever. I was just so focused on like, oh God, is Natalie going to win the season? <laughs> See, <laughs> that was in the back of my point, mind. I'm like, oh gosh, the winner takes it all. And then I'm like, oh wait, Natalie might win. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, like by this point in the episode, I was far disconnected from points. Yeah, like just 
all of the intensity, mm-hmm. all then, of the emotional yeah. things. It was just I did not care. Yeah, I about stopped the thinking about it like quite early on. Yeah, but right. I guess it was probably like right after Natalie got back in. I'm like. All right, this is Survivor. I need to stop thinking uh-huh. about points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time I, ha- I haven't thought about points for <laughs> several episodes, <laughs> I, I haven't for thought about points. Season. I haven't thought about points since uh, you know, ever since Soaring's uh, final player was out. I'm like, yes, maybe not last. <laughs> That's all we'll that matters. Find out. <laughs> <laughs> can't, yeah, no, I was. We'll, we'll get to that later. But I was disappointed in that. Just <laughs> a point. Uh, I I do feel like I Tony probably you. had it locked in when he won that uh, final five immunity, but they definitely yeah, like, didn't. I agree. They definitely didn't make it that easy. <laughs> there are, there are mm-hmm. many steps along the way where I thought uh, it, it was over for him. Yeah, mm. I mean, like if, if you looked at the comments I was making in our chat rooms while the episode was going on, like as soon as they had that final five uh, challenge, I'm like. That's it. Tony wins. They can't stop him now. And then as we get closer to, you know, the final four tribal council, I'm like, oh, my God, anybody can win. It's anybody's game. What's going to happen? I was just thinking the winner of this fire making challenge wins the season. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Back on the beach, we get the, you know, customary now (laughs) kind of time where everyone's working on their fire making prowess and like oh man we better start practicing now it's like why haven't you been practicing for the last 39 days <laughs> like <laughs> I, you, I think you should have been making fire the whole time i well, think I mean, ben was uh, in the game they provided them with a lot of materials to practice on that last day yeah, of course you, you had that that scene where tony walks up he's like oh so this is a knife and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> of well, course it is. Okay, he said this is the knife. The knife, yeah. <laughs> because this they're giving knife. them special, you know, little paring knives to make the the fire making process a, a little better. Tony, let me see what you have. A knife. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they had like a they had materials and supplies prepared for them to practice fire making. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make Michelle where... look very scary. Michelle's yeah, like, Michelle, oh, her right, fire-making uh, prowess. Let me, let me give this a shot. Aha, fire. Aha, fire. Tony's like, oh no, I'm I'm screwed. I can't. They made Tony look awful. Yeah, like they made Tony look really bad here. And you know, as we go through that into the tribal council, uh, you know, they're just they're really making Tony like not look great anymore. And this is when I'm starting to get a little nervous. We go. Yeah. What if Tony was just trying to make himself look crap? Uh, could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be part of like a mentality or, or something. That said, you know, at least from our viewer perspective, the point where Tony was in the game, it didn't matter if he got brought or if he won his way there. Yeah. Really? No, I think. Well, Tony yeah. was being sent to fire no matter what. I don't think yeah. he ever convinces Natalie to mm-hmm. bring him. See, when we, when we get to that tribal and Natalie's talking about who she's going to send a fire, like, that really put, like, a, a bad taste in my mouth where Natalie, where Natalie was talking there. She's like, I'm going to send these two because I have to finish off this alliance. Like, what does this alliance matter? It's the final four. Like, Yeah, it's also... Well, the, the game is over after this. On the other yeah. side, it was also kind of weird because it felt like Tony and Sarah were talking over Natalie a lot. Yeah. 
and that one kind of <laughs> was strange to me. Yeah, it, Natalie tried to make it like her big move to send the two that you would obviously send. Yeah, and, where yeah. It's Tony's like, like, "All right, like I know you're sending me," <laughs> and she's like trying to yeah. build it up. <laughs> All right, okay, but what about this up my bag of tricks, Tony and Sarah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. It just aha time for the ultimate twist. Me and Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> that would have been wait awful. <laughs> So this is a good time to kind of go back to what we were talking about with Chris's game, where, yes, the riskiest and, like, quote-unquote, winningest play... Flash, the flashiest to, move. The fla- Yeah, the flashiest move is to put herself against Tony and fire. Yeah. But the conclusion I came to is that even if she beats him, it doesn't really make that much of a difference in whether or not she beats Sarah. Yeah, and I don't think it's as much if, about boosting her resume as getting rid of Tony, who is going to be getting the most jury votes. Mm-hmm. And it's more the question of like, okay, can I take away some of the people who may have been voting and for Tony? I feel like part of it from Natalie's perspective is if she does the Chris Underwood move, it's going to increase the, you know, comparison to Chris Underwood and may like just hurt her jury perception because like oh we can't let another chris underwood happen yeah it's like oh you're just trying to copy what somebody else already did right and that's like the issue and so she's presented with the decision between getting second like basically guaranteed yeah or going to fire and maybe going out fourth but that's that's a whole nother argument of uh whether you should let preconceptions of things that happened in a different season influence your jury like uh if the jury were was to be more fair like yeah that's objectively a good move like Mm -hmm. but because it happened before why does that take away um just but that's part of like how survivor works the jury is biased Mm -hmm. like and that's Mm -hmm. kind of so that's kind of how you have to navigate the game is you know the jury's going to be biased it's, it's against always you know adapting and evolving yeah yeah and everyone has their just... own individual reason why they might give someone their vote yeah mm-hmm. and and survivors always had that aspect of outside bias right as soon as uh Cochran runs a season suddenly Every single season, somebody brings up, "Oh, that's the Cochrane of the season, or the poverty. Right? We can't, tr- or the poverty of the season, right?" Yeah, that is completely outside of the game, but it absolutely affects how people play and how people perceive other people. Yeah, and, and we are like looking back at uh, Edge of Extinction, like. War Dog was the Tony of that season. Like, yeah, like you just the the way people are, the way people look, and the way people act influences like how they're compared to other people because everybody's stuck in this mindset where I mean, even though it's partially true that a lot of the Survivor casts are very archetypal, and uh, that's just an artifact of casting, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, it's, it's, it's just an entirely different argument. 
mm-hmm. that why why that needs to influence the game or not. Yeah, and like I totally agree. It it doesn't it, it's not fair to you know Natalie for for a direct um example. It's not fair to Natalie to a expect her to basically do exactly what Chris Underwood did. And it's not fair to say that her game is bad because she didn't do exactly what yeah. he did, right? Yeah, it it would have been a better move this time around than when Chris did it, in my opinion, because of the fact that she got voted out day two, where Chris got voted out day, what, eight? Mm-hmm. Chris at least played double digits days of survival. Yeah. <laughs> I still think... I don't know. They they were both in very similar positions where it's like, okay, they are up against the person who is going to win if they sit in the final three. The difference between Chris and Natalie is that Natalie had two of those people. Yeah. Natalie had two of those people, but she played a better edge game than Chris did because she had the option to. So that weighed with this and combining that, I feel if she pulls the Chris Underwood, it's... It's a better move. Yeah. It's stronger. Are, 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 you, really are you talking like, about her actual like edge of extinction gameplay? Like, like her, she did her on the season edge. gameplay, yeah. but the edge gameplay pulls into it. Yeah, and yeah. that's something that I would like to talk about during the final tribal as well. Mm-hmm. I I think that ultimately, uh, you know, talking about how you know whether or not she should have made the, the Chris move, realistically. I don't think there's any configuration of a final three that saw Natalie winning at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so part of it may, may have just been, I'm not going to, you know, stoop to that level or whatever, because, you know, Chris, he got rid of Devin's. The other two were useless. He, he yeah. auto wins there. Yeah. But with Natalie, there really wasn't a case for that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So she yeah, might just as well get herself the into the final two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this fire-making challenge, I feel like it is probably pretty fair to say that this challenge is, like, the highlight in the culmination of the season. Yeah, true. Yeah. Fire-making. It it's, all comes It's the down best fire-making challenge they've ever had. It's... it. They pull in, like, the two biggest characters, arguably, from the post-merge. And it's not even... It's just there's so many aspects of it because it's not just like oh the biggest characters it's like the people who have been in an alliance for the entire game have played every single season together have a rivalry and you know a very strong friendship outside of the game like this is the tiebreaker the final showdown like this is everything i I think they were saying if if there were last episode they were like oh it's the tiebreaker between you and me sarah yeah yeah they even brought it up if if there is a word to describe this showdown, it's anime. <laughs> no, I, I was literally about to say that. I was like, it, it's the the fire making here, right, represents so much more than just making fire, obviously, yeah. and even more than just their relationship, right? Well, yeah. You think the about My Hero Academia music coming yeah, in here. You think about like high Q, right? Yeah, the boys playing volleyball versus other boys. It's it's not 
it's just boys playing volleyball. But when you know who the characters are, you know what all the growth that they've been through, and you know their relationship to like the the characters on the other team, it represents so much more than just moving on in the tournament. Yeah, it represents everything that these characters have been through. True, and the results of that, and that's this mm-hmm. right that, yeah that's this i of survivor i originally really wanted these two to be in the final three and defend and combat against each other but i almost feel like it's it's better this way yeah this challenge was so so intense and they had me at so many moments like sarah was, gets her fire yeah. all the way up on the line and it's like burning you see the little strings fizzling away and then her fire goes Man, back down. Uh, that that was like every time we've seen the fire get up that high, it's like there for five seconds. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think they yeah, probably yeah. strengthened the rope or something. Uh, which you know, sure, why not? Like it makes the challenge a little more exciting. Yeah, because I was like expecting like okay, someone's gonna be in a lead and go that way, but yeah. it's like oh, Tony's coming back. Like oh, and I think they kind of offset it as well. Like the platform was more forward than the rope mm-hmm. i think because it looked like a lot of the time the fire like went up there and it was in front of the rope but it wasn't yeah, touching it I, yeah i thought that was the wind it could have been the wind yeah fire is pretty uh yeah <laughs> so <sensible. laughs> uh and the other thing too is this entire sequence of the fire making it you know it felt like it lasted years even if it was yeah. just a few minutes but like the entire time they're playing this super ominous like Winners at war. Music. Yeah, they could have done Not that good. or something. That's just like, it's so like full of dread. I'm like, oh my god! Like Tony is going to go. Like Tony has been, you know, in a way, like the hero of the season so far. Like that's how he's been framed. He's like the protagonist, and this is where he finally falls. Uh, but they keep twisting us back and around. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I had many, like, super strong reactions through the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the best uh, fire-making challenge in terms of performance on both sides. Usually it's, like, heavily mm-hmm. weighted, but this mm-hmm. one is, like, either of these could go any second. Like, yep. it was... Yeah, it was exciting, for sure. Uh, it concluded it the wrong way. with to- Tony <laughs> breaking his rope. <laughs> And we get, you know, after an episode so full of emotion, you know, one of the, you know, maybe most emotional parts of yeah. the entire series. It was so with, emotional, too. With Tony and Sarah, you know, facing, like, this is, you know, the end of their story this season together. Uh, this this one was just yeah. very powerful. You thought... I, I definitely you, you thought had to sacrifice... You, you thought Ben's sacrifice was emotional? Je- Jeff was not done yeah. toying with our hearts. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one was so hard just because Sarah was so reassuring, right? And that, that just hurts so much more when Tony so clearly, like, doesn't want it to be like this. And Sarah's just like, I know, I am too. And Sarah's just like, it's fine. Like, don't even worry about it. And that it it that hurt. That (laughs) one fucking hurt. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, you have nothing to be sorry about. I was like, Jesus Christ, Sarah, stop. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. It, I just feel like it was a really good way to, you know, like end that storyline that we've been having, and then kind of thrust us into the final part of the episode. So as much as it's, you know, easy to hate on the fire making challenge at final four definitely has given us some very very strong moments yeah that that was the best it's ever been this is what jeff imagined when he first came up with the idea probably yeah probably (laughs) it's so nice and it's the first time it's ever actually worked that way (laughs) breakfast (laughs) yeah (laughs) boy am i hungry that looked like some freaking good breakfast I, I was talking with this about the guy with the guys i was watching with i'm like man like imagine this like if this were you this has got to be one of the like most satisfying feelings in the world like you made it to final three now you just gotta Again. chill out eat breakfast <laughs> like like just as a sur- like a survivor contestant mm-hmm. like all the weight is basically off your shoulders you you've made it to the end now you just get to eat like the best it's got to taste amazing mm-hmm. you know yeah at this even point like, hell i was getting hungry <laughs> watching it at this point yeah. i feel like i'm not even like focusing too much on what the people are saying because i mean i i feel like most people have to admit at this point like tony has it in the bag yeah yeah so like, I was just kind of like letting that really settle in. That's what I th- that's what I thought until like we got to the final tribal council mm-hmm. and I'm and then everybody pleaded their case whatever and I'm like actually this could go any way. And yeah, I like, I was everybody was great. Yeah, let's let's break into the final tribal council. Uh certainly a really strong one. Uh, Tony started out very poorly and I was like, oh no, Tony's yeah. going to throw. And I was thinking about like, oh man, and like Kageyan, he didn't really have a good tribal performance there either. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. There's no way he turns it around. But throughout, yeah. <laughs> Tony's just making everybody laugh and it's like, okay, Hearing okay. you say that at the beginning of the tribal, I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Maybe it's not guaranteed. And that was quickly snuffed out when the the jury was just having a ruckus and a riot over literally everything that Tony said from that point forward. Yeah, he's like not even telling jokes necessarily. He's just, you know, kind of saying what he did. And everyone's like, oh my god, ha ha ha, like Tony, you're so amazing. <laughs> like, okay. So I, Michelle, I, what did you say? Adam so was like, like, giving him like lovey-dovey eyes the whole time. He's like, oh my god, Tony, that's oh, so funny. <laughs> yeah. This Adam's face when he looked at Tony was, like, very uh, funny. I think this is probably one of the, I don't know, like, I, I feel like it's kind of very grandiose to call this one of the best final tribals. But a lot of them, like, aren't that great. But I feel like because yeah. everyone here is a winner, like, they all had a really good perspective. And they all had really good questions to ask. And it's definitely one of the, like, most developed of this new final tribal format, where it's, like, mm-hmm. a more open discussion. But I feel that, like it was also and there very were sixteen of them. Yeah, and there were so many, but <laughs> it still felt super focused. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah, could true. be because of editing, but it it came out with a product that was very clear when watching. Yeah, and it it was just they had such a good combination of 
criticism and like adoration Mm -hmm. where they weren't just constantly grilling them on every little thing um but they would still be like why this you know why this you did this really well but how'd you do it (laughs) so this thing was weak yeah how'd you do this right why didn't you do and all that it's just really good and the fact that on top of the jury doing a very good job each of the three having a very unique argument to make Mm -hmm. made it so that it never felt like somebody was you know basically saying the same thing as somebody else or somebody was just like the go and nobody really cared right everyone had an argument and had things to discuss and be criticized for Mm -hmm. uh if no one else has much to say about it uh it comes to a conclusion where everyone's (laughs) just giving round of a huge round of applause for the people remaining uh and then they all get up and send out their votes and, and then Nick, you're a bajillionaire. Nick, right. Nick's you voting in confessional Los was just funny. Nope, nope, that's not true. I, I just want to point out, Nick was like, Jeff is in Los Angeles right now. Is <laughs> is Nick was garage in Los Angeles. True. Does he live in Los Angeles? Yes. Uh, uh, I didn't know that. Literally Los Angeles, <laughs> or is it like, uh, he lives in Inglewood? I do not know Jeff's address. <laughs> well, um, actually, uh, I found it on. Uh, I uh, thought on he lived in TMZ. <laughs> uh, I mean, he lives there for like four months of the year, so yeah. may as well. Did anyone else notice Nick's confessional, like for his final vote, where he's talking about Michelle's? Like Michelle, I knew what it's like to be. Yeah, he didn't say Michelle. Oh, I know what it's like. To be on the he doesn't show yeah, his vote, and it just cuts off immediately. Just like, yeah. yeah. Oh uh, no. Saying it's probably inside, like, but. Blah, 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 blah. But they cut out that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be. Oh, yeah. But it was just like... I, I want to know, like, nice how, how happy the producers were like, oh, he's not showing his vote. We can f*** with people. Yes! <laughs> uh, shout out to Rob's voting confessional, which maybe was a little, you know, mean and had the expectations that at an impossible standard, but was really fun with the reveal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get to the reading of the votes, and and everybody's video quality is crap because CBS doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's very underwhelming. Shout out to Zoom. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, then again, it, you know, <laughs> not to be super pessimistic, but it kind of matches like the feel of <laughs> like the the inevitability of Tony winning, not necessarily like yeah. the disappointment or anything, just like. Eh, we kind of we kind of know. Like, I'm glad that he was able to see the result, uh, you know, surrounded by his family. Yeah. But I definitely would have imagined the season ending in the studio with everyone cheering and confetti going off or something. Uh, <laughs> much of a much less <laughs> grandiose this time, but you know that's it's like that's what we're living in right now. I definitely think and, CBS could have done a way, way, way better job at the production here. They could have made it th- those much two better. wide shots of Tony we got with a crystal clear camera. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they really could have done better, but you know what? They didn't, <laughs> and maybe like they were trying to go for like a low. Or, or did, or did you guys notice that uh, Jeff's iPad was in the shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but like. 
I, I don't necessarily know if it was like on purpose, but it does fit the whole like human aspect of the season. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, they're all going through what we're going through right now. Yep. They have to, you know, manage. Um, yeah, well, that Twitter video they all made a, a month ago where they're like, we're in this together. It had better quality than this finale. <laughs> yeah. Things happen. Um, it, it just, like, it did take away from, you know, the excitement of the finale, but it, I don't think it... It's just too bad it had to be for the winter season. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, but we got what I we think got. Of, I if think this was Edge seasons, of Extinction 1, nobody would have cared if this is how it went out. At least yeah, it didn't happen during uh, less technologically advanced times of, like, say, like, the earlier seasons of yeah. Survivor. <laughs> or you'd have to be like, very we, ha- we have the finalists on the phone right now so we can hear their uh, verbal reaction. <laughs> <laughs> the, they got, have... On our Palm Pre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Palm Pre and Outback Steakhouse. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, Reebok, let's go. <laughs> Yes, on paper of all seasons for it to happen, it is really unlucky that it's the winter season, but I personally didn't feel like it lost a whole ton. Yeah. Just because of, like, the way the episode was paced and what the focus was on, which was the people, seeing them be people and not people in a studio where they still feel kind of disconnected, right? Yeah, in front of a live audience and yeah. Yeah. Seeing them, you know, just be people with the people that they care about. That was as scuffed as it was, <laughs> it was like a nice um bookend to everything that we just saw. What I True. thought was interesting is at the beginning Jeff was like, oh, you know, we're we're doing it you know low vibe for obvious reasons it's like okay that makes sense now but what if someone yeah. you know goes back <laughs> and watches, watches through in 20 in years? years it's like what are you talking about <laughs> what's obvious and you have to like go look it up that is funny to think about yeah. so yeah th- that's just so weird to think about because like we're not gonna forget <laughs> and everyone who is you know uh functional enough or, or old enough to you know be able to remember things mm-hmm. um they're not gonna forget <laughs> but but there are people who maybe one know, day 30 years they're gonna there's gonna be somebody like uh tb's friend who is watching survivor for the first time now uh in t- in 20 years or whatever and they're gonna be like whoa what the heck oh are they talking about that weird thing that 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 Dad says when he was in college or whatever. <laughs> I will say where he uh, went to college from home and he stayed in his pajamas for three months straight. Okay. okay. So. I was gonna say like the compilations are gonna be weird, being like, "Oh, here's Jeff reading out the final votes in front of the studio audience for one through thirty-nine, and then forty. It's like oh, <laughs> house and garage with his new Lamborghini, and then forty-one through however long. It's like, wow, so such great quality." And the fans are really enjoying it. What's also so crazy to think about is the people that would not 
remember what's happening would have so many seasons to catch up on by the time that they are like mentally developed enough to like want to watch it i guess and to actually like take the time to watch what would then be like 60 seasons hang on just for posterity's sake i i, I don't want to be the hypocrites who are calling cps <laughs> out for this and then not doing it ourselves we're talking about the freaking coronavirus you ninnies <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> fair um, uh, the the strain of the co- uh, the coronavirus called COVID nineteen. By the way, that's the one. Just just to be more accurate, SARS CoV two. Oh no, twenty four. <laughs> all right, that's that's a wrap on the season. It's over now. Jeff is like, all right, well, we'll be back on in the fall. <laughs> See, <ya."> hopefully, <laughs> well, hopefully, I like. Like, if they're gonna, like, start filming here in, like, a short while, like, in a few weeks from right now, and then they're gonna have that small time frame to edit it. Yeah. I mean, they can uh, edit it as they go. Might be kind of scuffed, but we'll still like it. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll hey, man, we've seen, the mo- we've seen the modify the edit partway through the season yeah. to deal with complaints. This in- season 41 will just be hosted in Jeff's Garage. <laughs> yeah surviving if just garage and i don't think the standards are going to be impossible to live up to like yeah. you had season uh 20 heroes versus villains followed up by you know like the worst season and i feel like that might not happen <laughs> i feel like it's not like oh man how are they ever going to follow up the winner's season like coming the out of second season... to worst season actually <laughs> uh <laughs> 39 is now the worst season <laughs> Coming out of this season, I feel hope for the future. Like, I feel like we have, you know, places to go. Like, we still have stories to tell. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think this season could have been a series finale, you know, ending with all the winners together and the culmination with this, like, epic of Sarah and Tony especially. Like, you know, it, it could have been the end of Survivor. And would I have been satisfied you know, still probably not, but I would have understood it, especially because there's so much more, you know, other Survivor out there. Um, but they're still going, and there's still stories to tell. For sure. <laughs> and just with how, like, they decided to edit this season, and, you know, most specifically this finale, it just, it definitely gives me hope that the kind of, like, cold, uh, calculating survivor that we've had for a little while will, um, open itself up to being, to giving more time to these new people. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like, you know, so so long as the cast is mainly super fans, we're not really going to get that. But I don't really know where they're going to be picking their cast from otherwise, unfortunately. Well, uh, according to Jeff, they want 15, 16, 17-year-olds. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> God, I missed my so, chance. So let's be honest here. That was very strange. Either, you know, Jeff is just being, oh, man, kids love Survivor. Or Jeff is being like, okay, we're doing it. Fathers and sons and mothers and daughters <laughs> season. Let's go. I think maybe they want an opportunity to, like, get you know, people and, like, start looking at people while they're young, and then once they have grown mm. up a little bit, then they're, like, in the book. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Master Chef Junior it's, Survivor it, it, Edition. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're I'm, trying I'm, to like. I'm waiting get... for them to do like a high schooler one. <laughs> I bet they would. Oh, oh it's dude, Survivor the High. Sheer amount of hormones on that island. <laughs> uh, they, they did it. It's called Total Drama Island. Come on, True. guys. <laughs> Everyone uh, gets a marshmallow also except of for college you. Survivor out there to watch. They, they did also do that, have that one guy who was literally still in high school. I, I forget Will his Wall. name now. Yeah, that guy. Yep. So it's not unprecedented, oh, yeah. the but... The least <laughs> high schooler high schooler to yeah. ever exist. Well, that, you also that, have that kid had some good growth hormones. Oh, yeah. From, Michael uh, here. Mr. Ghost Island. Will Wall was definitely a high school looking person but yeah michael yerger was the uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks he looks more adult than i do <laughs> yeah he probably always will <laughs> wait am i getting the mix up yes i might be okay c- cool thank you <laughs> i also just want to point out it might take years for people to uh you know get on the show like years from when they first auditioned so they're probably just trying to get like a head start yeah, that, that's basically what it comes Jim down Murray, to. Jimmer, is this you trying to like justify to yourself why you haven't gotten a call back from Jeff Probst? Uh, <laughs> dude, it's what it's dude, it's what I'm gonna say. Uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny my uh, application for uh, future seasons of Survivor and or other CBS reality television game shows. All right. Got you. So we've been. Jimmer is going to be on the next season of Terrace House. Oh boy. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of reflecting on the season and everything. And before we move on at all, I kind of want to talk about uh, the fire tokens because we haven't really done that. And I was just kind of curious what you guys were thinking about how they kind of went. Personally, I feel like the idea is still decent and I feel like there's a lot of room to improve them. But this season, it just felt like they were more you know, disruptive than anything. And even though we got some fun moments with them, it was like fun despite the implications in the game. I feel I want them like to go ahead. I feel like they were, they were good, but in a season without edge of extinction, the way they currently function would not work. I saw someone say that you get fire tokens and then you find an idol or something but to unlock the idol you need to use fire tokens that could and work, i thought yeah. that was a really like cool idea and it like puts a bit of a limit on like the idol train and you have to like yeah. actually you know be playing the Fair. social game to get the tokens or be playing like a strong uh challenge game to like back it up to get like them mm-hmm. from challenges or you know whatever so i think that could be an interesting way i would like to see the fire tokens come back but it's it was almost unfortunate in the season, like seeing people get voted out over fire tokens, whether it was like, you know, like that weird thing with Parvati or like Sandra and Denise. It's like, you know, they were trying to make these barters or whatever, like really playing for fire tokens. But in the end, it's like, you know, there are only like three or four or five advantages sent into the game. So or... it's like there was a low chance that you even like got to use them in any meaningful way. Yeah. Or they make them completely non-gameplay and only, like, like comfort. Mm-hmm. 
and then I feel like it just doesn't have enough of an impact to really be worth it. Yeah, because yeah. there's like no. What I reason. think needs to happen is they need to have like there be a more clear value to the fire tokens because, like, really it was kind of this underground trading route going from the <laughs> edge to the main game, and you know some players may have gotten a bigger wind of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what was in front of most people's faces was the menu of things. Oh, there's going to be something better down the road. Let's let, let's wait. And they didn't really know yeah. what they were saving the tokens for. So I think, really, I want the show to encourage the token use more. Because they kept throwing in tokens, especially towards the end, where everyone was getting, like, two tokens. But what was the point of getting so many tokens towards the end? Yeah, the the tokens yeah. really were super important to have on the edge, because that's what controlled you yeah. getting the advantages in the challenge, or bringing but in uh, the, the game, idol back into the game, or getting food that will help you, you know, make it through. So it's, it's a bit strange game, to see the tokens give so much more of a benefit to the edge, versus like, the people who are actually in the game. And I feel like maybe if they set that up a little bit better or explained it better or something but you know they're trying to keep it mysterious so instead we're just like expecting them to have you know some sort of relevance in the proper game survivor option two baby there's only (laughs) one complaint i have about the fire tokens that's a major and that's the bequeathment in a non-edge season that would work but on edge season where you're saying, hey, I know you stayed in the game longer and you have like three fire tokens, but you got to give it up. So that way you can just really be behind Natalie, who has like eight. Yeah, it's like on the edge. Point. Everyone knows like who bequeathed tokens to who. So if you find an advantage, you know exactly who to send it to. Oh, you know, Jimmer, you make a good point. I feel like I've almost heard it somewhere before. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining it. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just flashing back to Yule, uh, like for the first time coming back, who literally just got out, and it's like, oh yeah, uh, I had this complaint even before, but I probably just like had it in the back of my mind just because I didn't think it was relevant at the time. But it's like, oh yeah, Yule just got voted out. Doesn't have fire tokens, and then it's like, oh yeah, Natalie and. Uh, Tyson just spent their fire tokens uh, to skip this part. I'm like, Yule didn't have the opportunity for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jeremy's like the most um, extreme example compared to Natalie, where you have somebody who's literally had all the time in the world to do that, and somebody who literally just got there. There's nothing you can do. And that felt really bad. And like just I only ever complained about like, it. Like maybe I, I the ever... advantages were too strong, and maybe they shouldn't have been there in the first place. But at the same time, it's like, how are you going to reward people for staying around? You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so my general opinion of fire tokens are that they created a lot of fun moments but ultimately didn't impact the game at large and i well i don't think just that's kind of... necessarily true i think especially with natalie i don't think she wins that challenge without oh, yes, advantages that's and that true. changes like the end of the game a lot maybe tony doesn't even make it to the end that's true i meant more like how the game was but played, yeah like the, not necessarily the like how the, the buy to buy played. it yeah did not make too much of a difference but Especially with, like, all of the ideas that you guys have mentioned. Um, 
I think a lot of that just comes from it being the first time that they've been used. Yeah, I so think there's room small things to grow for fire like, tokens. Yeah, definitely. And especially with the whole using it to unlock a um advantage, not necessarily just buy one, is like a really interesting direction it can go. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Does anybody have anything else they want to say about survivor or the season or the episode at all before we kind of move into (laughs) our other segments here yes (laughs) so i just have to go over the last few things that i constantly see everywhere uh regarding natalie fight your case one of fight your case absolutely so one of the biggest ones which i agree is like a misstep or misunderstanding is that she says or said that she felt like the moment between tony and sarah after the fire making challenge was fake or at least exaggerated um which obviously to us we know that that's not the case but people are really like ragging on her for that and they're being like oh you're you're you know completely socially unaware how could you not think that they were this tight relationship it's like because she didn't interact with them and the only time she really like interacted with them was when um or you know was like with sarah saying oh yeah i'll work with you and that's not gonna that doesn't lend itself to natalie believing that tony and sarah are this like you know tight relationship and that's also Um, just the kind of person natalie is you know a a little more like emotionally held back a bit and it really comes through in her first season just very intense mm -hmm. and about the competition so like i totally understand why she would see see it that way yeah she hasn't i mean she just hasn't seen these two all season like we have yeah that's that's the point and I feel like people are really like again just digging into her over that and I don't know it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I even feel though like, like yeah, sure it's incorrect but I feel yeah. like if uh I think the reason I knew that Tony was genuine is because of the family uh it's a loved one's visit and mm-hmm. forget Natalie wasn't there which I'm willing to believe, hey, if uh, Tony cried because his family showed up, he would show emotion that one of his best friends is out of the game because of him. Yeah. And that's, you know, and again, we've heard it so many times, it's all about perception. She has, from the jury, has perceived Tony as this mastermind, like, um, playing the game super hard, controlling everything, and blah, blah, blah. So when his closest ally, uh, they have this moment, it's like, oh, yeah, that would definitely garner them emotional uh, support and jury votes. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, it's just the whole reaction has been pretty overblown. Um, And I think there's one... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the other thing is that Natalie has said 
that she thinks this is in two parts. She thinks that she would have beaten Sarah if it was her Sarah Michelle, and leaving Final Tribal, she thought that um, the folks were going to be a lot closer with Tony, which like doesn't sound unreasonable to me. <laughs> like from her perspective, um, Sarah has not played anywhere near the game that Tony has, so going into that final tribal, she does have a much better chance than with Tony. Does she win? Oh, um, but it's a lot closer. So for her, especially with it just being Natalie's very prideful, of course she's going to say like, oh yeah, I would have won, you know? Um, but again, people are like, you got voted out first. How could you ever think you would ever win against anybody? It's just a little much. Agreed. I think that's my case. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm not like, I, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'll change the minds of the people, mm -hmm. but I just want to get my opinion out into the aether <laughs> because I think it's been a little lopsided <laughs> against Natalie. Yeah, Survivor fans be angry that this life. It's fair, and Natalie <laughs> was definitely you know for me someone to root against. Uh, but I definitely still have respect for her as a person and a player, and I think she deserves to, you know, come back on the show, and I would really love to see her play again in, like, a, you know, a normal format and not the, oh, I'm returning from EOE and I have to play the specific game that lets you win that way. I just want to yeah, see her, like, totally. out and, and play and see how it works out versus just being the first boot because Jeremy's there. Mm -hmm. And I can totally, like, put myself in the position of yeah, of course I wouldn't want the Edge returning to win again in basically the exact same way. Like, I totally get that. Um, it just keeps going beyond that, I guess, in, in the general public's opinion. I was also shocked that Michelle got zero votes. I thought she would have oh, gotten, oh, like... That, that was, that's another thing that we should talk about. I was very surprised about that, too. But... When more inf information came out, it made a lot more sense why. Um, yeah. Because basically, to uh, like bring up the specific information, uh, Michelle said that um, I think it was Adam, Wendell, Nick, Nick, and. Danny. One more. Danny. Danny were um, going to vote for, or wanted to vote for, Michelle. Um, and uh, apparently they said that to her, you know, directly. It, um, imagine but... if that would have happened and we had the the 4-4-4 four, four, four tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been insane. Um, and Jeff is like, draw rocks uh... for the winner. <laughs> oh no! Well, we're gonna we're gonna well, draw like, rocks you know, in Los you know Angeles. Jeff would, done, he, Jeff would have been like, "Wow, only in a winter season." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we'll draw rocks to see who the winner is, and they will be a member of the jury. The <gasps> the, the three remaining oh. people have to draw to see which member of the jury wins. God. <laughs> oh, and then it's oh man. Uh... And then it would have been Natalie or Michelle, because 
people think Tony's winning that. No, that no no the the three have to draw to see who or yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking right. So that's that's oh, sorry, crashing in on itself. Yeah, we we've been going for quite a bit now. However, there's still plenty more to come. Uh, so let's <laughs> jump right into whatever flying has prepared for us. Oh boy! Oh, what? Wait. Hello? <laughs> Wait. What? Great Hello. Choice. There. Final tribal. Oh. oh what? <laughs> all right, flying. Go ahead. All right, hello again. Hello again. So, uh, uh, hello again. Yes, I'm here live for once, and I definitely prepared enough. Uh, so we're here on the, you know, the flame pog bit that I do every week. Oh. Uh, wait, oh, every week. Go on, go on. Go on. Haven't missed a single one. <laughs> every week. And, and to wrap up this season, we're going to have the flame pog awards. Ooh. <laughs> That's right. I have some awards here for all of you to win an extra flame pog I'm just so to cap off this season. <laughs> I first love off, extra flame pogs because I suck at getting them myself. First off, we have the Diamond in the Rough Award. This award goes to the player who everyone thought their draft picks was a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> But happened to come in second place in <laughs> TV. Yay, woo. Let's go. I did find your initial tribe very suspicious. Hey. Hello. We make this into work. And I next guess. up is the consistently consistent award. This goes to so the player funny. who's... <laughs> whose episode points are like all oh, static okay. yeah. <laughs> lowest standard deviation <laughs> hey sorry yeah. <laughs> Yay. Can, can I reject the flame pump? <laughs> I mean yeah if you want I'll take it no I want the flame pump <laughs> okay great uh, next up is the get rid of my players award <laughs> This goes to the host who made the most trade offers, even those joking ones, uh, yes. and happened to be tied for the most trades. Oh. Jimmer. Yes. Yeah, looking at trade the trade log now, and it's just like, Jimmer, Jimmer, Jimmer. Uh, not, not a single bad trade, might I add. Yep. I want to predict, next up, hold on, I want to predict my award. Okay. Oh, you're winning an I award? think it's going to be Biggest idiot award for throwing away the winner and also giving points along with him. Well, next up, we have the No Backsies Award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this goes to the best trade of the season. It's going to uh, two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, th I, I thought it was going to the Amber and Danny trade. Yeah, I, mean, I, made, I made one you know extremely good trade and then one that you know was mostly inconsequential but i think fred has the numbers prepared it made the season better i don't i don't have the specific numbers but i just want to put it out there you did not make the trade oh yeah i shoved the trade <laughs> into your lap oh yeah and sure. said you can have this and then some <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? Yeah, I think we've gone over this a, a few times, both on record and off record. But like, I 
you know, at that episode, I did not want Jeremy anymore, and I wanted Tony. So when Fred is like, hey, let's make a trade with Tony and Jeremy, and I'll give you a whole bunch of points, it's basically exactly what I wanted. So I didn't really have to do anything, but, you know, it, that was definitely, like, the, the, the best thing. Like, that single trade you know change the season entirely like if fred doesn't make any trades he just wins yeah <laughs> by having the way like natalie having the two yeah the two top, top <laughs> point point earners of the season f- like off rip right mm-hmm. off draft i'm so sad by the way the points you gave to tune were only like eight points. yeah it, it yeah, wasn't, no, it wasn't much, much it's just but but it was it's just tony time. got so many yeah, freaking it, points it's the fact that i gave points that that i gave any points how <laughs> like, dumb do i have you know to what be tony to is that? worthless tony's worthless here have some points to increase his value <laughs> to make <laughs> yeah. it somewhat close I'm, I'm, I'm just looking back at my episode points and man I only got in double digits four episodes. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a much more interesting season for you if you didn't. Anyway, we have a few more. We have a few, a more, few more awards. I'm a. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little worried about this next one. Um, I went and talked to Mango about the editing of this season, and next up, we do have the Potty Mouth Award for the player hey, who had hey, to be censored hey. the most time. Thanks for editing, Mango. Fred. <laughs> And uh, we might possibly have an extra award here, uh, the Best Claps Award. Uh, Mango oh. Mango is holding off here. Uh, Mango would like to call in and figure out who has the best claps to sync up the audio. But he's got to wait until he gets the recording for this episode. So oh, I see. He's going to put... He's going to put it in the voicemail right here. Congratulations to TB for good on winning the best claps award. Yay. Good job, winner. Good job, winner. Yay. <laughs> I knew winner could do it. Is rigged. Is rigged. <laughs> I'm calling rigged. I think the winner deserved it. Wow. That winner sucked. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm just giving my voice clips there in case. <laughs> <laughs> Having all of the possible oh. Boy, am I feeling a certain emotion about said Victor. <laughs> All right, go. so I'm really pretty confident that Jimmer has an idol. You got, got that one? Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I'm like 100% sure that idol. Fred like totally has an idol, so I'm going to have to look out for that one. All right, you got it? You got it? Got, All right, and, <laughs> and we do have one more award, uh, and this one's a little bit different because this is the MVE award. Ooh. This goes to the most valuable editor yeah. of the season. Hey. It goes hey. to Mango. Hey. Man, I was totally rubbing that one. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, that, that my existence causes you so much pain, Mango. I just gotta say, the, the editing this season has been phenomenal. Oh, top-notch, especially episode six. But between Sabbath, then again, I will also clips take credit the... for... <laughs> for um, I haven't watched a single, or listened to a single episode of the produced well, version of this you podcast. Should, because he does put a lot of work into them. He, he cleans them yeah, up quite a bit. He puts in lots of like his own bits, whether they're like in the middle or at the end, and he always like fits the voicemails in very well. So definitely w- worth a, a listen to. Yeah, no. When I when I actually went back and listened to the Ghost Island podcast, I'm like, oh, th- th- there's actually like stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> Mango has been helping out tremendously with this season. So that he also helped out with like this little last bit here. I've been, 
I've been tossing trivia questions at him. Like, is this a good one? Uh, and and also thank you, Jimmer, for helping me out with the idea of this bit. Um, but that that's 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 my first that's my first finale bit. There you oh, go. Oh, first. Your flame. <laughs> what? What? No. Uh, hey, how about we go to points? Okay, so points for this episode. Uh, s- special occurrence this time around. I like I said last time. As we went through the episode, me and, you know, lots of help from flying, uh, we set up this graph that every occurrence of point happening, point increase happening, we charted the time and the amount and the person it was going to. So we have a nice little graph showing, you know, what the point increase was like over the episode. It wasn't quite as dramatic as I was kind of envisioning it being, but it definitely kind of lays foundation for the future. And I definitely like think it'd be fun to do more. Not for normal episodes, but like for finales, I think it it would be interesting. I don't know. Fred's Man. was kind of dramatic. Oh yeah, for you sure. You can all you can yeah. almost see me beat Jimmer, and then I don't. <laughs> Thank you, Denise. For- so quite quite the spread of points this episode, as you would expect <laughs> with the finale, uh, and kind of carrying the tradition of one person really getting a lot of points, uh, whether it's EOE or not. Uh, so as normal I guess we'll go through and start from the bottom with I guess I have to say the saddest case (laughs) Um, what's okay so what's neat is you know after Natalie did come back we all had at least one person left in the game and I think that was really cool Um, unfortunately Jimmer had Denise uh, who did absolutely nothing except get voted out so Jimmer gets three <laughs> points for the episode. And I'm the that's... first person with all my players out, so I should win that flame pog. Uh, the second person. You are the second Technically. person. I guess. Well, out. I guess uh, if you want to be very specific about it, you are yes. the first so, person with all black names or whatever. Yeah, because technically, it, it it depends on whether or not we consider edge people out, quote unquote out of the game. I, which we don't. Uh, that flame, that flame pog is done and over. Oh. So that, <laughs> oh, but I demand a recount. No, no, that's so it. No, 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 hold on, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm fight. No, no, no. I'm gonna fight this because it's my flame pog now. <laughs> I remember. I voted. <laughs> I put it on Jimmer. Hang on a second. Uh, it, no, the, it's the end of the season. I'm not messing with the flame pog oh, anymore. Man. I'm so angry. This is rigged. I knew it. The award ceremony has already happened. The next step <laughs> yeah. up from Jimmer. <laughs> is oh, soaring boy. with a nice 12 points thanks to double digits Ben's baby idol. double digits hey, that's like four times more to than double I got. digits since episode 4 <laughs> really oh jesus no <laughs> so soaring you know did manage to kind of choose a group of people that made it decently far but just not you know he gave one of them away and Ben just didn't really get many points over time. So still a strategy worth, you know, maybe working on. Nah, man. Next time I'm just going, you know, the season one classic. Alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So the next an hour, you know, we're starting to get some of the more dramatic jumps in. We're going to TB. He got lots of points across the board a lot of them came from michelle making it to the final tribal uh how we score in the finales every time a player goes to tribal council they get three points 
So if you're looking at the episode column, that's why it's kind of set up that way, as opposed to the other episodes. But he has Michelle, he has Sarah, uh, throwing in immunity, and that brings TV all the way up to 31 points. And we've already kind of like passed the threshold of like normal uh, episodes even more than TV got last week at 28. So that's just showing how strong the finale can be. Uh, step up from TV is me uh, rocking with Tony, who, of course, you know, wins the immunity challenge, wins the fire making challenge, plays the idol and gets the, the biggest bonus of winning the season, which is a, a fat 25 points. And that puts me at 48 in the episode. <laughs> and uh, if you're paying attention, there's still one more person, the real big <laughs> earner. Uh, there always seems to be one <laughs> whenever we have a finale. Uh, and that's Fred. Uh, Natalie comes back and just makes it to the final tribal. She gets tons of points for coming back into the game from the edge because of you know how her rules are set up. Wins immunity. Uh, has her two idols, plays them both, uh, one of them successful, and manages to scrape up some jury votes, and that puts Fred at 72 points. Hell yeah. And so for, you know, <laughs> comparison, I guess, had I not made any trades, Toon gets zero, or, yeah, Toon gets zero points this episode, and I get 120 And, uh, there are things, even with the trade, that, um, that if things would have went a different way, you could have got at least second place. Like, if Tony got voted out very early, Toon takes a massive dip. Mm -hmm. If, mm -hmm. if Natalie, uh, wins the game, you would have got more points. Yeah. Uh, maybe not second, but maybe second. It would have been close. Yeah, there's, for there's sure. lots of ways that it could have gone. I guess my point is that nobody should ever let me make decisions. <laughs> all right. And... <laughs> I, all right. Yep. <laughs> We won't let you anymore. That's it. And now that we've <laughs> gone all. through every episode in the season, there are no more points left to be earned. Uh, we have our totals set in stone now. Uh, we can go through and go up the list of the final placement. So in fifth place for our fantasy season of Winners at War, we have Soaring with 109 points. At least it's triple digits, baby. <laughs> a rough, yeah. rough season for soaring for sure. At least he didn't lose three people in the first three occurrences. That was my goal. <laughs> but just low scoring people for soaring, unfortunately. Uh, next up from soaring in fourth place is Jimmer with 112 points. I very, had very Danny. close, very close. I, I had Danny didn't and Ethan. How close that was. I had Danny and Ethan on my tribe. They combined for 15 points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not even an exaggeration. Yeah, Jimmer, despite, you know, making good trades, they really didn't give him too much mileage. No. And just not enough points out of his people. But not last. Clawed my way to fourth. 
Yep. And now we do a decent jump up, you know, with such an explosive finale. Uh, we have in third place Fred with 196 points. So close to 200. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, definitely a big jump there at the end. But it just couldn't quite push up against uh, the other two people. And that brings us to second place with 221 points is TB. Boom. Uh, definitely, it came down to fire. Definitely stiff competition. And yeah, the, the difference of that fire making challenge was really like the, the big decider here. Yep. Uh, and finally, in first place with 255 points is me, Toon. Congratulations, Toon. Uh, Congratulations. Really, I honestly didn't think that I would win this season, but I thought it would be a fun battle. Have. But I guess here I am. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get this far. Uh, it was one episode was, in single digits. I, other than the first episode when TB had the advantage, I was on top the whole time. But at least from my perspective, and I know you guys might feel different, like I always felt like there was a chance for TB to spike up. And when he did in the penultimate episode, I really, you know, thought that he might have a chance uh, to cross over. So for me, it it was never super plain, but there's just too many yeah. points from Tony. And just seeing how many tangible moments could have had you know very significant um impacts on the points it's very like clear that despite maintaining the lead it wasn't really like a relaxed lead yeah especially when i lost three people in a row it was yeah, like that was yeah. brutal it's like that happened and i still managed to keep up the points i was earning just through sheer Tony power, but it was definitely at that point where it like got kind of scary. It's like, oh, you know, like even if Tony wins, I could just kind of plateau from here on out. But he just kept doing stuff. Mm-hmm. What's the record for most points in an episode? At eighty-eight. Eighty. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. I would have stomped. I thought that. it was eighty. No. Eighty-eight. I would have won. <laughs> when the did record. that happen? Uh, oh, I got 88 Chris. with Nick, and you got 88 with Chris. I thought that number oh, was 80. So what the heck? Am I am I in another universe or something? What's, what's going on? Yeah, it's the Mandela effect. And that's, yeah. that's the season. It was a little hard to keep track of, of points just because the fire tokens kept being unpredictable. But I... I don't. Maybe I always say this, but I feel like this was, you know, our our most like solid fantasy season, and it was really fun to score, and we kind of rolled with all the twists the show threw at us. And I'm, I feel like I'm at a really happy point in terms of like the balance of the system. Like if you lose people early, like it's gonna be hard to come back from it, but it's still possible. And there's still opportunities for shakeups. Like I was on top for a while, but like people were still able to make up ground. And I feel bad about like Soaring and Jimmer really flattening out and, and Fred even like kind of flattening out in the, the middle late portions, but 
if you lose people, you know, there's not much that can be done about that. So overall, I feel like the system we have does a good job at rewarding people for choosing players in the game that are both active and have longevity without outpacing really... other people too much. Yeah, this was also just a really good fantasy season because of the fact that we had Edge, and Edge had point earnable earn- Yeah, for points, sure. Um, which really helped mitigate the like significant impact of losing a person mm-hmm. any anyone else have retroactive thoughts on fantasy season yeah i mean this is this is kind of like the time where i like to look and think about you know what we might be able to change in the future or what can be done better but i feel like we're you know after so many seasons now we're finally starting to get into a groove where maybe we don't have to revolutionize the entire setup every time <laughs> i think like jeff announces a new advantage system that yeah. will break our entire system yeah i think looking I... back on our draft i think the if you had to pick the worst pick i think ethan <laughs> my pick of for ethan has to be the worst like granted i still picked danny later but danny was at least like possibilities but like you could look at a list of the people picked after ethan and besides amber and danny there's like you could have i could have gotten oh much yeah better. yeah between <laughs> ben michelle sophie tony sarah like there are definitely <laughs> better options for you how how was sarah left for last because we all thought how she was, was tony left for second out. last preseason everyone's like oh my first vote off would be uh sarah after that, everyone's like, wait, I never said that. Really? We should just get Amber out, because she is the biggest threat in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess... Didn't, if... you, didn't you watch All-Stars? She's the reason that Lex went home! I guess if we're talking about that, uh, you know, none of our winner-slash-first-boot projections really panned out that well. Uh, we've kind uh... of joked about it a while, but the, the dice, I guess, was the closest <laughs> with the yeah. winner in first boot being, you know, closest to their actual placements. Uh, me, the Jimmer, winner, and yeah. the dice had the only ones that, like, possibly could have happened going into the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a, a potential winner. Yep. So, oh well, kind of missed the mark. Or, Although, you know, even fair. if I officially wrote Parvati, but I kind of thought in the back of my mind Tyson, right? That didn't really turn out either, so. What can TV's you say? Was also, TV's was also close if he put uh, Natalie for first and winner instead <laughs> yeah. of Sarah. <laughs> he had the right idea, so that's got to be bonus points. Maybe not flame pods, but bonus points. Bonus, bonus cookies. Emotional <laughs> points. Okay. Yeah, bonus I, internet just points. To put a little cap on the fantasy stuff um despite <laughs> how much of a- an agent of chaos i have been i do feel very confident in both myself and everyone here that anything that jeff can <laughs> bring into the game or whatever like weird scenario just happens outside of like new stuff i feel like we can always just think it through and figure it out yeah i i think the doing the fantasy just makes the experience of watching survivors so much better and so much more engaging and it can be more disheartening 
when your team starts to get voted out. But I still just feel like being able to come together every week and like discuss it and think through it and really be like so much more attached to the players than you would be normally just enhances Mm -hmm. the experience of the show so much. True. Yeah. And just to players that you would have like never cared about otherwise. Mm hmm. And I think it's, and you know, this is a, the winter season. So, like, everybody already has a bit of a connection to, to the winners, at least. But, like, in a newbie season, it's super evident when, like, most people don't even know who half the people are. And you already know who everybody is and whose team they're on. So, I'm excited to mm-hmm. see uh, that again. Okay. So. <laughs> oh. Secret flame pops? So- this was a weird season from my perspective, um, because I don't know who like any of these people are. But <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun with the draft, um, getting invested. Like I, I didn't start watching Survivors until uh, David versus Goliath, where I joined as a guest for the fantasy and for like the big finale. We recorded in person. I showed up with a trophy, <laughs> and Mango didn't want it. Oh, um, I had to leave the room for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were sleeping at like 4 p.m. What the hell, Fred? <laughs> so, I really uh, enjoyed... Nothing like, has changed. <laughs> I really enjoyed calling in and having fun playing with the spreadsheets. Gosh, why do I like spreadsheets so Please much? visit the spreadsheet. Um, There's so much work put into it. rngshow.com slash 40. Like, just look at it. <laughs> Uh, I want see, see the stupid graph, Carl. <laughs> uh, I wanted to thank you guys for like running this season, uh, bringing me on as a guest every week. Um, and so I planned something a little while back, uh, just like the first season I was on. Oh, no, the trophies. Back. I was <laughs> I was planning to bring on a trophy for the winner. So tune. If if you want it, you can have this wonderful trophy here I, that the audience cannot see. I, I guess it will be the chapter well, art on the podcast. Yeah, chapter <laughs> art. Well, maybe we'll tweet I it. I would love it. <laughs> I uh, am so much more. Wait, they mad have buffs. They have tiny buffs. Oh, look, it's in, it's engraved. Oh my gosh. What? It's not a figure skating trophy anymore. <laughs> no, it was swing dance, but it it, it still is. Um. <laughs> I'm and, so Oh, mad. you got a so thing mad. on it. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I I knew Fred, I knew you were gonna be back. Um But I also do wanna thank you because like I didn't have any clue how the hell I was gonna make buttons. So I do want to award all of you guys with the flame pogs you have been achieving throughout this oh season. God. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh, uh, thank it's, you, it's pa- a character. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Uh, Patman DX for oh, our boy Patman. Sick. <laughs> Flame Pogs. What a lad. That's so what good. <laughs> there you go. That's my other bit. <laughs> the the double entendre of Pog. Is oh yeah, maybe I should. Amazing. Maybe I should call them uh, flame milk caps. And also no, copyright. No, 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 no. Japanese something, kanji something that for might fire. be lost on most people is that the symbol on the flame pod is the Japanese symbol for fire. 
Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's also the same symbol that's on our spreadsheet. Go look at it. Yeah, look at it. Orangeyshow.com slash 40. It's honestly kind of surreal seeing this picture. <laughs> Normally, it's just like a little icon. I, I still also, can't believe I, there's actually a trophy out there that says RNG Show Fantasy <laughs> Survivor Winners at War. <laughs> that is really cool. So speaking of flying pogs, I also feel like it might be worth it flying for you to go through and and read off the results of all pog. the you know managing we've done with these things. Oh, I didn't. I'm not keeping track of all that. We had like three trivia questions, and then like bets, and then like more bets. The and results then, are right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just want, oh, you want, like, the numbers. Oh, guess the number. Uh, so we have eight flame pogs. What are you talking about, Fred? I'm going to have to oh my god! about. I'm what? just saying, like, go through it and be like, what? I just, like, how I read all the the, the placement. The points? The placement for the uh, people. It doesn't matter. They're fake oh internet points. Wait a I minute. I cannot believe okay, this. Will, They're all fake I internet will, points. Okay, I will just but the cut trophy to the chase. Real. I want to say congratulations formally to Fred for being the Flame yeah. Pog winner of this season uh, <laughs> with some really well-executed bets and trivia wins. Surprisingly. I uh, really <laughs> pulled it out here in the end. That's pretty I Pog. Honestly... Oh my God. That's an epic I victory royale. Do... I do not know how I got here. <laughs> I really don't. I don't even well, know you... where I am right now. Well, well, you were sleeping in a hotel room really late one day, and we all walked right, in with right, microphones, right. and we told you, hey, you, you gotta wake up. We're, we're gonna spoil uh-huh, Survivor uh-huh. for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh... And I do think it's fitting that I have the most flame pogs given that my stupid one-off joke of saying that they should be flame pogs <laughs> has now solidified in ways i could have never imagined <laughs> remember flame buttons no what? gosh no as, me neither as we're reaching the end here too i just want to like uh, say thanks to Fred and TB for coming on this season as new people kind of just jumping into it uh, it was definitely lots of lots of fun. It was really exciting to have kind of like a new dynamic uh, added both to like the drafting process and also the recordings have been very enjoyable. Yeah, it has been very fun. I feel like it's more Fred's fault than mine, but like kind of combined <laughs> that our recording sessions go so long now. <laughs> I mean, so far we're on track for this being the longest episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's only like two and a half hours of uh, raw Let's not recording. get too specific. <laughs> <laughs> just cut that out, Mango. I'll, I'll just say the clock time is already beyond it, but we might edit some stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Well. Pretty wild. If been a fun season yeah it's 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 been great yeah so if no one else has anything else to say here then i will wrap us up here uh, for the last time uh, this season. J- just one thing before we go since this is the last episode of the season we might not see you for some time i did get an email from google today telling me to remind all listeners that google play music is done for this year so we might not be making podcasts by the time that goes away so we should probably remind you if you're subscribed via google podcasts or uh, google play music switch over to google podcasts and that's where our feed will continue to be into the future 
Jimmer and I have some ideas to wait off till season 41, but yeah, look, look out for don't know when that's happening. More potential content. We might try some things out. Yo, maybe we'll talk about video games or but, something. That'd be weird. And apparently weird. Jeff is committed to bringing us a season in the fall. So we'll see yep. if that happens or not. <laughs> Let's Hopefully. go Fiji Airways. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it from us for this season. If you want to go check out the past episodes, uh, listen to all of the predictions we may have made, uh, see what we were right about, wrong about, or just kind of relive the greatest moments, you can do so at rngshow.com. If you want to see the spreadsheet we're always talking about, again, rngshow.com. Please just like go to it, check out the tabs. There's so much work that goes into it, and if you go there, you're at least going to be impressed. Uh, thanks to Mango for editing not only this episode, but the entire season. Uh, we, you know, we've been talking about how spectacular it is and all the little touches you add just make it so much more fun to listen to than just the straight audio. And you do a really good job of making us way more intelligent than <laughs> we might actually be. Except for Fred. He sounds like an idiot no matter what. <laughs> True. It's <Yeah>, uncurable. <laughs> Dang. Thanks to Subtact for the use of our theme song, Step Up, and we'll talk to you again next season. Oh, one more thing. Oh my god. Um, Paris, best girl, bye! Thanks for listening. Bye! Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye! Good thing we started on time. <laughs>